With the environment in focus, I'm Tom Pelton. The Chesapeake Bay is full of history that is slipping away before our eyes. This is the case with dozens of bay islands, once bustling with life with churches, schools, farms, and baseball diamonds that are slowly disappearing beneath the waves as climate change and sea level rise erode them. On a recent afternoon, I set off in my kayak to try to find one of these vanishing islands, barren island, before it was too late. I launched my boat from the shoulder of Hooper's Island Road, about 20 miles south and west of Cambridge on Maryland's eastern shore. It was a warm afternoon with fiddler crabs darting and hiding in the marsh grasses at the water's edge. After about a mile of paddling westward over smooth waters, with silver storm clouds piling up high overhead, I saw the outlines of barren island. Loblolly pine trees, about half of them dead and bleached like old bones, rose along a stretch of empty beaches and Spartina grass. I dragged my boat onto the shore. Then I slogged inland through thick reeds, thorn bushes, and spider webs, and I discovered a cool and peaceful grove of persimmon trees. They were thick with plump orange fruits, but had nobody to pick them. In the middle of this Garden of Eden was a relic from another time, a rusting 1930s-era bulldozer that had plowed into a tree and died. Vines and saplings now curled through the bulldozer's shattered engine, its tank treads choked with weeds. There are no longer any homes or buildings left on Barren Island, which has been losing acres of land every year to rising sea levels. But once, it was a very different place. The island flourished, first as a fishing and hunting ground for the Nanticoke tribe, whose arrowheads are seemingly everywhere in the soils here. And then, for more than 250 years, Barren Island was an English farming community, from the arrival of a Puritan named Richard Preston in 1650 to when its last families fled storms and rising waters in 1916. As the waves spread across their fields and roads, consuming their school and chapel and general store, the islanders lifted their houses atop barges. They floated them across the bay to the eastern shore, where many of their descendants still live today. The bulldozer, I found, may have been used by a hunting club that maintained an exclusive clubhouse on the island from 1929 until the 1980s. Or it could have been part of various failed real estate schemes that later popped up on the island, such as plans to build a vacation resort here or an Alcatraz-style state prison. After my day of exploring the island's forests and beaches, the sun set. In the dark, I set off paddling back toward home. I passed a sandbar that had a flock of hundreds of brown pelicans. The pelicans took off all at once, an avalanche of wings that soared up into the night sky, their shadows passing in front of the full moon. Then the impressive birds were gone. The passage of time. The disappearance of an island. The fading of all the people who lived and died here, but who we never had a chance to meet. To all my listeners out there, this is the final episode of The Environment in Focus. Over the last 14 years and more than 600 weekly shows, I feel like I've met you and become your friend and fellow adventurer. I've shared a tiny island with you here on the radio. This island is now vanishing. 
but I hope to see you again on another adventure soon. With the Environment in Focus, I'm Tom Pelton. This program is sponsored by the Abel Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own.